0: Hello world, what separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school.
1: Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up?
0: Hello world. We have a very, very special show with us. Uh, we're we're going to do something that... Um, I think we've all been waiting for or just been thinking about it or it might be heavy on your heart. Um, We have Ken Riley Jr. on the show with us this evening and we're just here to celebrate the life of his father and Ken I wanted you to just talk to the people just tell them how you're doing right now and just say hello to Houday Nation.
2: Hey Houday Nation Uh, thanks for having me again like I said uh thanks for the opportunity to come on and uh Uh, Speaking to my father, like I say, it's it's really been uh, my family and myself. We really appreciate all the love that has been uh, shown and support. So thank you guys for uh, uh, having me this evening. Yeah,
1: definitely. So the first thing I want to talk about, I'm a FAMU alumni myself. Um, You are as well. One thing that I wanted to talk about, we kind of did some digging. He was a member of Alpha Phi Alpha. What was that like for him? And, like, what did he tell you his experience was like being an alpha? Because it makes sense because he was a Rhodes Scholar. So he seems yeah. like he will be an alpha man. What did that organization mean to him?
2: Uh, it meant a lot. You know, there's a lot of uh, great and influential men that are part of the uh, alpha uh, fraternity. So it, it definitely meant a lot. And he was introduced to it by uh, Reverend Miles, who was one of uh, the great Fran Ewens and uh you pretty much told him that he didn't have, uh, I remember he, told him he didn't have a choice but to uh become an alpha and he kind of like got him up so uh yeah that was um he was definitely to be alpha. definitely definitely
0: like so like just him being an alpha or whatever did it ever uh did you get into conversations with him and and, and he wanted you to follow in those same footsteps
2: Well, one of the things about my dad, he never forced me to do anything. Uh, I would just talk to my sons now. That's funny that you all asked me that because my sons are 12 and 14. And uh, we just talked about the legacy because I, I, I told him if I had to do it all over again, I definitely would have done it. Uh, I played football and football itself is a fraternity and and in itself I had to go through a lot, you know, as far as hazing and going through a lot of the uh, same things. So at the, Time, I was like, man, I just don't want to have to deal with that again. But um, if I had to do it all of again, that was something I definitely would have done as an undergrad. And, you know, I definitely talked to my boys about, like, hey, this is something I think you all should do. Uh, I think that, um, you know, continue on that legacy. And uh, so hopefully that's something they will do. But, again, he never forced me to do anything. never forced me to play football. Uh, always, you know, was supportive and whatever I wanted to do. So uh, that was just who he was.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So like you said, he was a humble guy. You said that many times, like it's, it's almost amazing and fascinating when you start to look at this man's legacy and this life and everything that he was involved in. And I came across something and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. And it was Ken Riley day. They had that Mm -hmm. in Bartow, Florida, you know, it was a, a major event. The mayor, they made. They gave your dad a day. What was that like going
2: through that? Oh, man, you have to do your research. Uh, but I, I remember that uh, it was right after the 1981 uh, school, I believe. And uh he came back, I just remember, uh, you know, it was a great experience. I remember riding some kind of convertible car. Uh, sitting, I, was, I think I was in the front seat and they were in the back, but uh, he had on his cowboy hat and boots, and uh, it was it was definitely a great day to get Mckee to the city. Um, so it was definitely a memorable memorable experience. Definitely, definitely.
0: And and if you if you're just joining us or whatever, it, it might be some younger Hootie fans in here today. Just just what we're doing right now is trying to plant the seeds for a lot of different things that I think a lot of Bengals fans have been waiting for. You know, Ring of Honor, different uh, talks and Hall of Fame talks. Were on the table. Uh, unfortunately, Kim's father passed away this past June. Uh, in his fifteen seasons, two hundred one games started, sixty five interceptions, uh, first team All Pro on that on that on that list of, of credentials. So this isn't just a guy that we're bigging up. This is a well accomplished football player that Kim Riley um, Senior was. Do you? get into the conversations or have you thought about like what it's going to be like, you know, uh, with the ringer honor, when that, when that's unveiled, I'm hoping this upcoming season, is that something you're looking forward to?
2: Uh, definitely. Uh, that would be a great, uh, great opportunity. Uh, I think that it's, uh, well-deserving for a lot of the, uh, past bingo great. So, uh, definitely look forward if it happens, um, to to recognize some of those players because we've had a lot of great players. And unfortunately, uh a lot of those players are not recognized at the national level like they they should. They should. But um it's a start and I definitely would uh be on it and look forward to it if that uh if it happens.
1: Definitely, definitely. I'm not Zem, are you catching some feedback issues? I'm I'm hearing like some static and stuff like that, D.
0: It's not a fee. It, I'm not getting a feedback. I'm getting a little bit. I think the connection, Ken, is like a little uh, off. Like, let me see something. I,
2: yeah, let me try my phone then, because I, I was kind of hearing the same. I don't know if I could
0: switch over and see.
2: Yeah, um, no, that's fine. You you, can, you,
0: even if you had to leave out and come right back, it's, it's you could do that. Yeah, too. yeah if
1: you want to leave out and come back with your phone, that's fine. Okay. We can we can do it that way. That sounds sounds okay.
2: good. Let me see.
1: All right, so we'll let King get a second to to get um, get that resolved real quick for us. I'm loving the conversation so far. Just to recap, he said that um, his dad was huge into being an Alpha Phi Alpha. That was something that I believe one of his teammates, one of his other Bengals teammates, was one of his fraternity brothers as well, and he brought that up um, on Bengal gym show. So if you haven't watched that, please be sure to check it out. There's a lot of gems in there. And then the fact that he had his own day. Ken Riley Day in uh, Bartow, Florida, which uh, before, if you know the history behind Bartow, Florida, it was a notoriously known place for for lynchings and things like that. So it was a full circle moment for him to get his own day coming from, uh, you know, a history of that. So that was a very dope moment for Bartow, Florida. Hey, Karen, glad to have you back, sir.
2: Okay, can you hear me now? Is that better? Yes, sir. Can
0: yeah, you good? It's all, right, all right, you got you. Great, lot better, lot better. We got you. And, and, and even when it just cut out too. One of the one of the comments I want to point out is uh, Isaiah Sheets said, "Actual young Bengal fan love to hear the Bengals' grace." Let me tell you, Isaiah. Like you know, like corners that we're talking about that you probably watch every single week. Like current, like we're talking like opportunists of the opportunists, when it comes to interceptions. Ken Riley is like a like was a big legend. Um in in and, and set the tone for a lot of cornerbacks like that you're watching today. And that's why it's so important and I was bringing it up right before you kind of like stepped off and came back on It's just like that's why it's so important that we honor like uh your father on the ring of honor because it's a really really important part of the defensive back cornerback, you know, like discussion even in 2021. And it's got to be something that young Bengals fans like Isaiah, who commented here, they have to see that when they walk into the stadium. Are there some other players that maybe you might have a connection with or just some guys that you might be looking forward to seeing when you walk into the stadium? Twenty 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 one coming up in in the ring of honor is in
2: Yeah, well, I don't know uh, as far as the initial class or how many would be in that initial class, but they're definitely like I said, those are the ones that everybody knows, like the, uh, Anthony Munoz, uh, the uh, Ken Anderson, um, but Lamar Paris, That was his. Um, that was the guy he played with for nine years on the other side. He was the Dion before Dion. You know, he was right. the, the, the exciting punt returner So um, um, Reggie Williams. Uh, that too um, was my uh, father's uh, roommate when they were uh, on the road. Um, so you know, a lot, a lot of defensive guys that, that uh, I definitely look forward to. Hopefully, in the future, uh, seeing those guys uh, get their name. Out there. Like
0: when when you talk about some of those guys like that, do you have like any memories of just anything that you know? Like, what was that like going like when you were younger? Like maybe going to a practice or maybe going to a game or something like that, and just being close to some of those players. Like, do yeah. you have anybody that you remember, like, that just did something special to you, like, and reached out to you, shook your hand when you were, like, 10 years old or something, you know what I
2: mean? Uh, All of them were great, and I still have, like, my mom did a very great job of, like, giving me uh, a finding memorabilia. I have, like, a little tote bag, and I had like, all of the players' uh, signatures on it. But uh, guys, like I said, like Reggie Williams, Lewis uh, uh Lamar Parrish, Pete Johnson, Isaac Curtis, uh, Ray Alexander, uh, Jim LeClaire. I mean, I can go on and pretty much name the entire team, but everybody was always great. Of course, I kind of uh, leaned towards the defensive side just because that's what he played. So I knew a, a lot closer with those guys, especially like Ray Williams, who I ended up also working with uh, down in Orlando at Disney. Uh, I worked with him at the Wild World of Sports, and I kind of mm-hmm. you know stay in contact with him and uh, his son. So, um, you know, Lewis, and like I said, Lamar, and those guys, Still uh, talk with them from time to time. So
1: obviously uh, he went to FAMU. They're known mm-hmm. as the Rattlers. Yeah. How did he actually get the nickname the Rattler? Like, was it just solely because he played at FAMU or was it something that that made that nickname stick?
2: Well, I think, you know, okay, of course, that was his uh, alma mater, but also the way he tackled, you know, where he was known for, like, under- undercutting the the receivers and kinda of like striking. So it kinda of went hand in hand. Uh Rattler was all in water, and plus the way he kinda of tackled. So um that it fit him though. That was uh <laughs> a pretty, that's a pretty cool nickname, you know, the Rattler. Um Yeah, it
1: is. It's a dope nickname. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Right, right. Um I was gonna ask you too, like uh do you think that like, when, when you watch your your father play then, do you see him, like, you know, like you were talking about, like, undercutting, like, plays and different things like that. Do you see some players, like, maybe playing today that kind of, like, have, like, instincts or different things that you just – like, my father used to do that.
2: Yeah. Uh, they play a little bit different now. He always talked about the techniques a little different. So, he's watched like, man, uh, you know, the way they play now is a little bit different. And, honestly, I don't know if that would even be legal, the way that the rules have changed now. So – uh that's kind of hard to say um but uh there's a lot of good guys out there but like i say just a little bit er error at different times and different eras but um yeah yeah
1: definitely definitely i remember i read something that said that your dad said that some coaches even told him to leave with his head that's how different that era was back then
2: totally totally different era you know things that they used to get away with you know just like clothesline i mean there's a lot of things now that uh that they can't get away with uh, today, what they did uh, back then, you know, like even with Mel Blunt, the bump and run, and you know, they kind of, they, they set up rules where you can't do certain things. So it was definitely a lot more physical uh, back then. And you can just look at, you know, the the, the helmets and everything. So it's it definitely come a long way where uh, today's players have a little bit more, um like I say, a little bit more protective, but that's a good thing as well, because, um, you know, everything evolves.
1: Yeah, it makes it safe because I know you said yeah. he didn't let you play football until high school. That was probably as a parent, he was probably concerned. I could only imagine me having my son like the way that they were playing back then. If I came up in that era, I would be concerned as well. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely understand that.
0: Shoot, Honor. even today, shoot, even today, you know, CCE, you know, I mean, it's 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 a real thing, and you know, like those are the conversations that parents around the world, you know, are having right now. It's like. Are you going to risk that, you know, for your child? And, you know, like, where, what were some of the things that he was telling you? I guess around that time, were you were you asking to play football? Like when you were a little bit younger than, you know, in high school.
2: Oh man, I was heartbroken <laughs> every year. All my friends played part one of football, and every year. Well, the reason why is because he didn't play to the ninth grade. That's a little known fact. He didn't play into the ninth grade, and so he felt that it worked for him. It would be good for me. And It was a lot of. He felt that sometimes some of the pop running coaches and uh, they put a lot of pressure on kids to win and your bones are not developed. And he just didn't want me to burn out. So he figured that, you know, uh, ninth grade was a good start. And, um, but every year I would cry. I mean, I would literally like cry. I'm like, I would try to sneak it in, but hey, sign me up. But they wouldn't let me play. And I was upset every year. Like I knew I wasn't going to play, but every year I would try. So, it was, uh, it was definitely hard not playing, but I, I really wanted to play.
1: So one thing, I think I think the secret, the cat is almost out of the bag now. He played quarterback at FAMU. He was known as Aaron Riley. Some people even compared him to Russell Wilson. But the one thing that I had trouble with doing was finding some of his stats. So could you share, like, from Ken Riley, the quarterback, who was a dynamic guy who was ahead of his time at the time, in order for him to get that shot in the NFL. What was Ken Riley the quarterback like? Uh,
2: that's what he kind of said. He said uh, if he had to choose a quarterback that kind of modeled his game, he said it was more like a Russell Wilson. I think he said he was a little bit more shippier than uh, Russell, but a scrambler could throw on the one, uh, throw on the run, going to the left and going to the right, and he was just hard to catch. Um, so he was – they uh definitely uh athletic quarterback and um that's exciting to watch from what you know all I've been told and you know just listen to some of the guys when they get together.
0: it's kind of crazy because they do have a very similar bill, and I've shared I've shared this with Ace before, but when I was at NC State, Russell Wilson before he transferred was my lab partner. Okay and I and I actually and I mean he's a really you talk about a leader, well spoken yeah. person really really like as advertised but when when we were in school Russell Wilson we everybody was cheering I even went to baseball games and I don't even really follow but everybody thought he was going to be like a real really really big baseball star honestly and I mean he was pretty good at a Heisman campaign and stuff that they did like you know like one year it didn't work out like we thought it would but right. you know like like he was really good at baseball um, but that was just something I was just thinking of like Russell Wilson to be compared to him, like similar build, similar personalities, the mannerisms and stuff. Things that when you said that, I'm like, yeah, he, he kind of does. Like the interviews and stuff I said, he kind of spoke and,
2: like him. Okay. And then, what's funny too, it's a small world that Reggie Williams was actually a really good friend with Russell with, uh, Russell's father, they were actually oh, uh, right. roommates at Dartmouth in college. Because Russell Wilson's uh, father played uh, wide receiver. And actually, uh, I think he went to the Rams or something as a wide receiver and got cut in the uh, final round. So, Reggie and uh, Russell's, you know, fathers were uh, roommates. And then Reggie and my dad were, uh, you know, roommates on the road in the professionals. So, it's just kind of a small world how that all kind of like kind of intertwines a little bit. But I thought that was kind of unique.
1: That is unique. And one thing that I found out, I think a couple of years ago, Russell Wilson was born in Cincinnati. So that's yeah. another connection. That's yeah. just that's just crazy there. Um, so one thing that I wanted to ask you is while he was keeping up, obviously, he was in tune with both of the, the organizations that he was a part of FAMU. And the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. Did he like like any certain players in the modern era? Were there any any times that you guys watch Bengals games and he would say, Oh, this kid is has got it? Or, you know, if that was me out there, I would have made the play, or was there anything like that that he did from a viewing standpoint of the Bengals?
2: Uh he definitely kept up with the Bengals and uh the cornerbacks and when he got an opportunity to come visit, uh he would have conversations with them. Uh I know when uh Delton O'Neill broke his record with the uh ten interceptions, uh he had an awesome uh great year. So he, he was following them and then uh Kirk Philpatrick. You know, a lot a lot of guys. So he definitely was always watching the Bengals and watching uh defensive backs and uh so no, he he was definitely and William Jackson now of course, he um he watched them and, and liked this game, so um, no, he's always supportive, always watching, and um, thought those guys uh, played well. But definitely, I,
1: definitely. So
2: one thing I always
1: thought with him getting so many interceptions, did he have an edge of playing quarterback? I almost feel like he knew what was coming, what other quarterbacks would be doing, or what receivers would be thinking, because he kind of had that edge from being a former quarterback himself.
2: I definitely think that helped a lot, uh, but he was a student of the game. Uh, he kept a little I, – I wish I would have – I don't know if he ever – I never seen the notebook, but he was to keep a little notebook of uh, like the routes and if uh, he got beat by a particular route against the service, even like the Star Wars or the Swans or, uh, you know, Otis Taylor, whatever the YRC. So he kept a little notebook. So he was definitely a student of the game. And um, so that helped out, but – Playing quarterback probably did, too, because he knew the offenses uh, with offensive schemes and that type of thing, too. Uh, So I think, yeah, to answer your question, I think that did help playing quarterback uh, in college.
0: Tell me about, like, you know, like, you talked about him having a notebook and, like, just writing notes and then taking, you know, like, being probably a student of the game in the aspect of what he needed to do to probably better his game, right? Did he ever talk to you about what the Bengals need to do, like to to maybe get over this hump that a lot of people feel like. Can you share like any of his, like any of his things that he like maybe he put a bigger emphasis on maybe offensive line or maybe he just was it was, did he have a belief or a a a system that he thought would work to get us a ring?
2: Yeah. I don't know if he actually had – we never really talked about that uh, as far as what they needed to do. Uh, He knew it's tough to win a Super Bowl, of course, because they lost in 81. Uh, Right. But um, it's just hard, man. But to answer your question, no, he really didn't say, okay, well, they need to lean towards, you know, offense or defense one way or the other. He was always just supportive, always watching from afar and uh, wishing them uh, nothing but the best. So, um, which now, you know, I do. And – Hopefully uh now with you know, they can continue to uh work on it. I think they got the quarterback of the future now. And uh hopefully he can come back healthy and they can build and bring in some uh, pieces to keep her protected and just keep it moving forward. So uh, Did he hopefully. have any
1: thoughts on Joe Burrow?
2: Uh we talked about it, you because know, we watched him and uh at LSU and at first I have to be honest, I'm like, man, I just one year uh, you know, one year, anything can happen one year, but that, that, that last game where he played for the championship, that really, uh, we talked about it, was like, man, he's impressive. And uh, and then, after that one game, we kind of like, yeah, I think that uh, he's the real deal. You know, regardless of the one year, uh, he's the real deal. And then even, you know, coming into this year, he he's proven it. He, he is the real deal. And uh, like I said, hopefully he can uh, come back healthy. Uh, but, definitely think that uh, he's the quarterback of the future.
1: Definitely, definitely, for sure. So, Zem, did did we want to share that treat that we have with him now, or did you have something that you wanted to ask him beforehand?
0: No, I, I think you should show him. I, uh, we made something, and Ace and um, his cousin and our partner Ninja, who is, like, one of the craziest editors, like, of all time. Oh, um, yeah, he's dope. They, they've been working on a very, very special uh, project, and we wanted to show you, show you a trail of it.
1: Okay. Yeah. So since um, since it's Black History Month, we've got some stuff going on and we wanted to do something special and we wanted to highlight a bingo that contributed to Black history. And we couldn't think of anyone better than your dad. Um, so, what we're going to share with you, real quick, is and this is the first time we showed it, we haven't shown it to anyone. It's a trailer for um, a short documentary that we have coming out on your father. Oh, um, so, we're we'll go ahead and let this play, real quick tragic loss in the Bengals community with us losing Ken Riley. I I just
0: immediately thought about his family and I'm thinking like, gosh, like that's a guy that should absolutely be able to walk across the stage, be able to say what he has to say and get his gold jacket the way that, you know, he's supposed to.
1: The fact that the man didn't get to witness his own Hall of Fame induction when it does happen because it's definitely going to happen in my opinion now
0: I was always taught humility let your work speak for you Riley to me is another unappreciated legend who should be in the Hall of Fame 65 interceptions when he was 36 I mean arguably one of his best years um, playing in the National Football League I was 36 years old still started all games you know but it went unnoticed Cincinnati, we were not publicized, I mean, we, we were not glorified, so to speak, Paul Brown's philosophy, is you go out and you, that's what I'm paying you to do, and uh, there are a lot of guys that uh, had great careers there, but went unnoticed, and I was one of those guys. Raleigh, to me, is an inspiration of just never giving up on yourself, despite the fact that there are others who don't think you can quite make it
1: was a first-team, all-team pro um, in 1983, the same uh, season, I believe, that the Bengals went pretty far in the playoffs. Uh, he also had an interception return for a touchdown, he had five of those. Um, he had, like Zim said, 65 interceptions, four seasons in the top 10, um, three seasons in the top 10 of the longest interception returns, 596 career interceptions, return yards, two seasons in the top 10, 18 fumbles recovered. He puts up those kinds of covers and is not in the Hall of Fame. It's a travesty.
0: I mean, he just always had a knack for being around the ball, and players around the league even spoke on it and just were saying, This is a guy that everyone really, really respected all those years. Oh, not only
2: a great player, but he was a great leader. And Kenny led When I
1: think of Kenny Riley, I just think of the word grace. He was, he was
0: a graceful athlete. He had a lot of grace as a human being. He's a very quiet person,
2: very humble. He was a, a quiet leader on the field and off. I've never in my life met anybody like him. You could tell that uh, his work ethic and the way he carried himself a true professional.
0: Rest in peace to, to Kenny Riley. always called humility let your work speak for you
2: that's awesome that is appreciated, it, man it's, it's
1: something that we've been working through and we just want to get the message out there man so just want to get your reaction to that real quick
2: man man that is awesome I'm, I'm thinking about my family now i'm thinking about my sisters and my mom my sister i'm thinking about my youngest sister. i can see her like this boo crying you know she's uh i'm, I'm speechless that, that that's awesome man um like i said and i've been on some other podcasts and i i can't say it enough like to all of you know the huda nation and, and you know podcasts like you guys do i really really from the bottom of my heart we really appreciate it man um it's awesome to uh, of all the support and uh, love that he's received, and um, like I said, it's it's really heartwarming for someone. Like I said, I know he's my father, some course, but to, to hear others and you know people speak so highly of him, uh, just um, it really makes us you know feel good, and I appreciate all that you, that you guys do. So thank you. Um, like I said, I can't I can't say it enough, and hopefully one day. Uh like I said we'll be saying this at the uh Hall of Fame, but it'd be all to guys like yourselves what you're doing because um uh like I said, I just can't say it enough. Just thank you all for for everything.
1: No problem, bro. No problem at all.
2: Man, <laughs> I
0: appreciate it. Yeah, no, nah, I just you know, like, you know, um you like you like you kind of hit on it too. It's like, you know, a lot of us, you know, look at our fathers like heroes, you know, and sometimes yeah sometimes you don't really get a chance to, you know, everybody to give the gratitude that you feel like your father or your mother or someone in your family deserves. And it's just a shame, you know, like I, I, you know, I'm not related to you at all, but you know, I feel like it's such a bad, you know, uh, set of circumstances that he, he wasn't able to witness himself going into the hall of fame. But I hope that the energy that we channel to this and everybody collectively, even someone that maybe doesn't know too much about it, get into a conversation with uh, a a Stiller fan or something at the bar, like, you know, like, like all these different things that could happen. I think that the energy that we channel to it is collectively going to get them to the hall. And one of my wishes is that you get to see it and, you know, um, that's one of my goals, like, now in life, you know, is, like, to make sure that he gets his just due. Because once that happens, even some of the players that you were talking about earlier, you know, like, that you you wouldn't mind seeing the, in the ring of honor and different things like that, I think it just opens up the doors for so many people. That's why I really, really harp on the Bengals have to be successful in this national narrative of casual fans, like, poo-pooing us and, and not identifying people like Kent Riley and the greatness that he was at the position can't be tolerated on a national level for me because what it does is it stagnates a lot of great players that deserve to be in there, And this is an exact situation on what doesn't need to happen um, by you not recognizing someone where they're whether here on earth to see it. And that's one of my things that I just – I feel is super unfortunate, but we're going to make sure that this happens because we got a lot of people that are going to be doing this a lot of times. There's going to be a lot of conversations, and this is going to happen for sure. All right. I, I,
2: like I said, man, I appreciate it. And I know, like, people follow me on Twitter. I saw that tweet now. And it's like, uh, you know, one of the tragedies, like I say, he won't be here to see it because I know that he won't see it. But um, I know he was – we both thought that this centennial class, since they were going to have so many, and he was – he was starting to get the buzz and he was doing all the interviews and I really thought that he would have been a part of this class, but when he didn't get it this time, I mean I could I could see that he was deflated and it was like, wow, it was like man, I'm not gonna get in but I told him I'm like, you're gonna get in, you know, right. you're gonna get you're gonna get in and uh, it's unfortunate that uh he won't be here, but I know that he'll be here in spirit and I'm gonna do all I can to can push it and I said I can't say it enough. For, you know, what you just said, just sit the nail on the coffin. We have to uh, celebrate our own. And I think that it will channel through the, the national levels. And uh, eventually once, you know, that next bingo gets in, I think it will definitely open up opportunities for, for, all, for all the bingo's greats because there has been always um, – there, there's been many. Uh, like I said, you know, Ken Anderson, Ken um, Anderson. You know, I, I can say Lamar Perry, uh, Willie Anderson. Uh, I to say Willie good. Anderson. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's he's right there now. So uh, hopefully uh, we can start getting some of the Bengals in, and we can change the narrative as far as like that small market stuff doesn't that doesn't cut it. Right a man. small market. It doesn't matter where you come from. It's what you've done, and and you know it's like the character because these are great men too, though. You know, you talk about a lot of times like. These are great people. So not only did right. they put up stats, they also would uh, exemplify what it means to be a professional and to represent the NFL. So I think that we just need to change that narrative. And uh thank you guys for 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 keeping it going, and we're gonna do this. And I hopefully, like I said, I won't forget, and I, I recognize, I see all that you do, and like I said I really appreciate it.
1: No, yes. We appreciate you, bro. And there's a lot of people in the comments asking uh, when we're going to release the documentary. It will be pretty soon. Uh, we're trying to have it out at least before the end of this month. So we've got most of it. Some of this part. Parts of this is actually going to be in it as well. So, okay. um, can we appreciate you stopping by, man. And was there anything that you wanted to say to Houday Nation before you head out?
0: We're going to send you the trailer like right now, too, though, just so uh, you can I show
2: it. Yeah I, yeah, I want to show I can't wait to show my mom and, you know, my mom. Oh, we're going to give him more than the
1: trailer. We'll give him, we'll see if we can hook him up with uh, about the 12 minutes that we have so far.
2: Yeah, I'm going to send that to him though. But uh, to the Huda Nation, man, just thank you. Like I said, keep doing what you're doing. Like I said, I know not only for my father, but just, you know, supporting the Bengals. Uh, just that's just thank you. Thank you for, for all the support. And like I said, I, I, I would never – I can't say it enough, I uh, know, but I would, I really do appreciate it. And uh, like I said, if I could thank everybody and give things, I just I just, like I said, appreciate it, though. So thank you, guys yeah
1: thank you Ken appreciate that uh, ladies and gentlemen that is Ken Riley you can follow him on Twitter at Ken Riley uh, two. I think it's I think it's I I Ken Riley the second on there on uh, on Twitter so be sure yeah. to give him a follow and be sure to stay tuned for the documentary coming out we'll have some links and stuff like that we'll be dropping the trailer as well on Twitter uh, make sure you follow Zim at zim underscore whoday you can follow me at New Stripe City on Twitter um and on instagram this has been the orange is the new black podcast hope you guys enjoyed it
0: and as usual we're gonna leave you guys with a hootay hootay hello world what separated your deep ball from everybody else my deep ball has a little secret sauce to it <laughs> i never get too high never get too low but just keep moving the, the whole story is carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in in, in high school